your gift, yeah, your gift is a seed. You can easily be the change that we need. Keep your mind alert and your heart with peace. Be the change that we want to see. Yeah, go and share your gift, yeah, your gift is a seed. You can easily be the change that we need. Keep your mind alert and feel your heart with peace. Be the change that we want to see. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Mentality Unchained. I'm your host, Kevin Thomas, the therapist. Today is a special day. Um, My guest today has been very instrumental in my life since I've moved back to the city. Um, Mr. Tommy Meeks. Uh, I can't say too much about uh, too much about him because he's just awesome, man. <laughs> you know, uh, no, okay, but that's the end of the show, right? Right, nah, <laughs> but but on a serious note, um, one of the things that I admire about about Mr. Meeks was that he got in, he was involved in the uh, community, and one of the things that I wanted to do was get into the community. I wanted to do more. I wanted to be present, and um, I heard about this fella that was going around uh, the city talking about Juneteenth. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I didn't know a lot about Juneteenth until probably I met him about six, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started to hear the stories that he talked about, uh, the stuff, that, the wisdom that he had, I just knew I had to attach myself to him. <laughs> and he's always been a great mentor, a great friend. Um, so I want you guys to welcome uh, to the episode today, Tommy Meeks. Tommy, thank you for showing up, man. <laughs> thank you. Song. Thank you, brother Kevin. Uh, and I always like to call him Mr. Meeks because I'm trying to be respectful, <laughs> you right? Call me Tommy, man. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you for joining us on another episode of uh, Mentality Unchained. Uh, one of the things, uh, Mr. Meeks, is the show is really based on like mental health issues mm-hmm. or just mental health uh, in the community, and specifically in the black community. Right. You know, uh, I like to bring awareness to uh, the community as far as mental health literacy just try to educate them on what's going on Mm -hmm. and I do believe that a lot of the things that has happened throughout our history uh, when I say our history I'm talking about black uh, history Mm -hmm. uh, the people of color that's the history I'm talking about and a lot of the trauma is built up through those lineage and I like to kind of really hone in on some of those things and with you being knowledgeable as you are, um, I want to talk a little bit about Juneteenth as well. But as we okay. get started, though, uh-huh. let's just tell the people who you are and tell them what you do. You can give them a little bit of backdrop because you so, you know, <laughs> you're so versed in everything. Well, I, I'll tell you this. Number one, thank you for inviting me. This is my second podcast. Uh-huh. And it's been with uh, Dr. <laughs> Kevin Pokey. Uh-huh. Kevin uh-huh. Pokey did the first one with me. Okay. And then, now, you know, you guys keep bringing me in, and, and I appreciate it. <laughs> But a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Rockford. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Eastern Illinois. Played well. I played football for Auburn High School. Okay. Uh, football, basketball, and track. Uh, all state in football and in uh, track. Went to college. Played four years for Eastern Illinois. I was coached by uh, Mike Shanahan, okay. the Denver Broncos former coach. Oh, okay. In college, you in, were coached by him. I was, yeah. Okay. And I met a lot of good people in college. Met my first wife in college. And, okay. Uh, Wanted to come back home to make Rockford the place to expand. And, gotcha. Um, 
I worked for a while and got had some issues. Mm-hmm. But I, I ended up getting a job with, uh, tried to teach school for a while, I had my degree to teach. Okay. They only wanted me to substitute teach because hmm. they only wanted young black kids to see another black face in the school. Wow. And uh, I got tired of that after a while. <laughs> so I latched on with FedEx. It gave me a lot of flexibility to move around. And then that's when I, and I tell you up front early, I had a drug problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my aunt and uncle, James and Maggie Wright, uh, they were the grandparents of, I think, one of the biggest songwriters ever in Rockford, mm-hmm. in, biggest in Rockford's history. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Wright, they were his grandparents, and they were my aunt and uncle. Okay. They took me to Arkansas. They told me about this thing called Juneteenth. I had never heard of it. Gotcha. And uh, my aunt told me that my grandfather never let any of his 15 children work anywhere on June 19th. Really? And that stuck in my head. And now, mind you, I, I'll say it because I don't have a problem. I had a drug problem at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I knew I had to get off those drugs. They were ruining me. Mm-hmm. And when I put down drugs, and I mean, I put them down, cocaine, mm-hmm. Juneteenth just popped in my head. That was it. And I've been on the push. So I started Juneteenth in uh, 1990. Okay. And I started my TV show with Comcast mm-hmm. in uh, April of 1990. Wow. So for like almost 32 years, I've been going pretty strong with both of them, except COVID slowed down the TV show. Okay. And uh, okay. that's where I'm at. Now I'm retired pretty much. I work a couple of days a week doing mentoring for young African-American men in Freeport. Okay. Juveniles and adults in Freeport and in Rockford, Winnebago County. Mm-hmm. I just see adults, and uh, it's all about black history. Teaching our young African-American men mm-hmm. what our ancestors went through yeah. for us to be here today. And I focus on that. I'll focus on that till I die because we are descendants, in my mind, of some of the strongest human beings that ever lived on this earth. Wow. For us to be where we at now mm-hmm. and to have endured all of that slavery and all of that discrimination Mm -hmm. and look at us. We still are here. Yeah, I don't think it was uh, expected for uh, us to live as long as we (laughs) live, right? (laughs) But I will say this. One of the things that I learned about Juneteenth was that, you know, Emancipation Proclamation 1863 was, you know, Lincoln free, so-called free. So-called free. Right, and thus you have Independence, Fourth of July, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't until two years later that we were really free. Was at the end of the war. The mm-hmm. war ended, I think, April the 10th. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, April the 10th, 1865. Right. And uh, see, a lot, Juneteenth is, is, is particularly because at the time, Galveston, Texas, right. in Texas, the state, made it more important than all probably the other states. Gotcha. Uh, oh, sorry about that. No, you, no you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so, uh, so you had people that learned about the end of the war mm-hmm. in April. On the East Coast. Wow. So those slaves definitely were free. The war was over. Right. But they didn't have TVs, radios, you know, when no play by play. So you couldn't get the news out. The news wasn't out there. <laughs> so the, our ancestors always said, we're still working for the man. <laughs> you know, they, and then all of a sudden, General Gordon Granger mm-hmm. came in to Galveston, Texas. Right. Uh, General Order Number 1, I think it Okay. Is, okay. And let those slaves, slaves know that they were free. Wow. And from that point on... They start celebrating. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think Juneteenth should be. It should be a celebration of people coming together of all ethnicities 
for the simple fact. It was just as many white soldiers lost their lives in that Civil War. Mm -hmm. Their bloodline stopped, right. just like some of our people did. Right, right. Some of those people maybe wasn't trying to save Juneteenth. Maybe they wanted to save the Union. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is that benefited us. And when they brought in, Lincoln brought in 65,000 soldiers, okay. free black men, and escaped slaves to fight in that war. And no telling where we'd be at today if those 65,000 African-American men mm -hmm. hadn't joined the, the North mm -hmm. and fought because we were losing that war. Yeah. And I tell you, if we had lost that war, it ain't no telling where we'd be at today. See, that's why I'm saying, see, that history, that rich history, mm -hmm. I mean, you like living wisdom right here. You know, a lot of times people don't tell those stories, and right. sometimes people don't even get to hear those stories, yeah. and I just think that it is, it's so important that we teach that, and you do that. I mean, mm -hmm. why did you gravitate to teaching and mentoring young men? Because when I had, when I had my cocaine problem, I really wanted something to take my mind away from what I was, where my mind was at. Yeah. And history seemed, I was gonna go to college and major in history, and I don't know why I just stopped. Then, okay. You know, but I majored in physical education, but I should have stuck with history. Mm -hmm. It just fascinates me how our ancestors, that we don't even know, but they had to exist for us to be sitting here. That's true. And that's the only reason I build on. I'm sitting here because they endured, they had fun, they had sex, they reprocreated, mm -hmm. and we are extensions. Everybody here is an extension of an ancestor, wow. of the people that came before us. Mm -hmm. So I say Juneteenth is something for all of us to show respect mm -hmm. to the people that came before Do us. Do you find it hard trying to get other uh, races and ethnicities to kind of join in with Juneteenth? Because I know they just made it a federal holiday in 2021, like right? Year. I think Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> believe that? Y'all believe that? Do you believe that? <laughs> I thank Donald Trump for a simple fact. Okay, why? We were, I say this, when I started promoting Juneteenth, I called a man, I think he was in Mississippi, I think, uh, Dr. Ronald Myers. He mm -hmm. was pushing for Juneteenth to be a national holiday ever since he start, started his organization. Okay. He was the number one man. Mm -hmm. I heard him on satellite radio once. So I got his telephone number. And I called him up as soon as he got off the air. Okay. And uh, me and him talked about it. And I would call him for, you know, inspiration. Mm -hmm. But it was the kind of thing that our people had to know that the people that came before us had done so much. Mm -hmm. So when I started promoting it, I would call him and he, he'd give me inspiration. And um, I started seeing that Juneteenth and history was something that could save mm -hmm our people, yeah. if we knew the things that they went through for us to be here. And that, that kind of got me, got me started. I, I like, I like that, but like mm -hmm. you're, you're working in the community now and you see these young men, like mm -hmm. the mindset though, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like we're programmed to think a certain thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how are you changing that? I mean, well, I, I say this, they don't know that they don't know. Okay. That's how they, that's why it's easy for them to do that. When you don't know, you don't know. Right. And then when you start finding out, I got my program is 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. My mentoring program. Okay. I have like about four guys that have gone my 13 weeks. And then when they get their certificate from me, 
They right back into that next week, going for another 13 weeks. They want to learn more. Wow. You know? And see, our people have to have a, to me, we have to have a burning desire to know who came before us. Mm -hmm. We may not know all, the, all of them because the record keep wasn't that good. Yeah. But we have to know that they existed. And, yeah. and that's, that's what I think is going to help our people, but it's going to help other ethnic groups too. Yeah. Because a lot of my sponsors for Juneteenth are all white. They believe in what I'm doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't give me money to promote it for going on 32 years. Yeah. You know. So I think Juneteenth is bigger than just freeing black people. Right, right. Juneteenth shows people that when you, you take that monkey off of somebody's back, you take that foot off of them and let them be really free people, mm -hmm. they can do amazing things. Our people have done amazing things in this country yeah. that we weren't taught about in high school. My mother used to come to Juneteenth and had a, a whole list before she died. She'd have a whole list of accomplishments that black people had. Air conditioners, washing machines, stoplights, you know, blood, uh, Dr. Drew with the blood plasma. Mm -hmm. I think, right, like right. That. All of those things. They didn't teach us that in school. At least they didn't teach me. I didn't, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, me or, neither. Or I wasn't paying attention. It, it, could, it could be that. It, I, you know, I but, did do that. But. It, but there's so much history that's out there. Yeah. And I think it's going to help race relations instead of hurt race relations. I, I, I love that because I feel the same way you do. Mm -hmm. I feel that uh, we can bring other races in and be all inclusive. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, they need to learn how to uh, work with us. Mm -hmm. It's just as well that we need to learn how to work with them. And I understand that we like to say and we, we have our little corner, but then teaching them you know our history as well because they don't really want they don't, know. they don't know either so if we don't know and they don't know we're just all in bad shape right blind leading the blind so <laughs> <laughs> and so i i love the fact though that you've delved into uh the juneteenth the way you've done mm -hmm. everybody know you when it comes to juneteenth <laughs> they, they know when juneteenth come they're gonna get a flyer they're gonna hear something about Juneteenth. And one reason why I'm, I wanted to do this episode early to talk uh -huh. about Juneteenth is because I think people need to get start getting in a mindset of what Juneteenth means. Right. And, and it's just so significant. Like I said, the last five years, it's just really been eye-opening for me. Mm -hmm. So I know you you, you uh, have celebrated it at least since I've been here. I've been back uh, over nine, ten years now. Yes, and so, um, but, so I've lately, I've been... <laughs> Uh, doing trauma work um, okay. and a lot of trauma work in my practice. Mm. Um, I start my dissertation next next month and it's going to be uh, speaking to the epigenetic trauma, mm. the generational trauma yes. that we yes. deal with. And you brought up some stuff about, you know, how we, we were part of the Civil War, white people and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think that um, we have put enough focus and emphasis on uh, how uh, that past, uh, the war and the slavery, all that stuff has played on our mental. In, in the years of discrimination as well. Mm. Yeah. Jim I mean, Crow years yeah, as right, well. Right. So speak to like the mental health aspect of that, just dealing with that. Well, I, I say this, the mental health part of it, a lot of our people would look at other people that had mental health process, look at it. <laughs> Like we didn't have none. Right. There's <laughs> a lot of our people that think, boy, ain't nothing wrong with that boy. Right. I was a father like that. Really? My son 
had uh, ADHD, mm-hmm. ADD, whatever, all the D's and A's you want to put with it. <laughs> the boy was hard-headed. Uh-huh. But they wanted to put him on medication. I said, not my son, because I had been a drug addict. Right. And I didn't want him to be a drug addict like me. Okay. He came to me once, I think he was like in seventh grade. And uh, my kids call me by my first name. That's okay. why I said you can too. <laughs> and he said, Tommy. I said, what? He said, I think I need that medicine because I can't concentrate in school. Whatever the teachers say to me, just go over my head. And uh, I think I need that medicine. So I broke my policy and let him get the medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, they over-medicated him. Okay. They gave him too much, mm-hmm. the, whatever, whoever the doctor was. And um, my son went back to the place that was taking care of him, mm-hmm. and they put him in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And this doctor came in and went, took him off all his psych meds. Wow. All at once, cold turkey them. He had been taking that stuff for months. Mm-hmm. That's against policy. Mm-hmm. And I know it was. Okay. But the lawyer I talked to said, well, I don't think you're going to have a lawsuit. Well, anyway, my son... Um, he started having these grandma seizures when they took all this stuff off of him. Mm-hmm. And um, he had six grandma seizures and he had four grandma seizures in six days. And he just said he didn't want to live like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So he called up some of his buddies out there in Lowe's Park, McChesney Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbeknownst to me, he was plotting and planning to use drugs again. He hadn't used in over a year. Mm-hmm. And he used drugs that one night, mm-hmm. and he was gone. Wow. And, uh, you know, I guess he used drugs at a certain level. I guess he thought he could go back to that same level. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because my son had a mental health problem. Mm-hmm. And he felt drugs was his solution. Illegal drugs was his solution. Right, right. And how many more people out in our community, white, black, Hispanic, that have mental health issues mm-hmm. that are not addressed and they think that Ill- illegal drugs is the answer to their problem you yeah. know and um, and especially in the african-american community we don't like to talk about mental illness nope. and it's in our families big time yeah i got a cousin that's going through it right now she'll call me telling me she hearing voices next mm-hmm. door they 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 taking pictures of her they're accusing mm-hmm. her of everything i said come on mm-hmm. But it's in her head. Yeah. Now I convinced her to go to Rosecrans. Mm-hmm. She's seeing a counselor. They got on medication, and she's doing a lot better. Right. You know. I think we have this idea that if we and it and I I, I can't say uh, it's probably warranted. We have this fear of being looked at a certain way, mm-hmm. shamed, or uh, I know. Me growing up with my grandparents, you couldn't tell white people something because you felt that they would use it against you. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't get the help that they need. I know personally in my office, I see a lot of people that are not educated when it mm-hmm. comes to mental health. Right. And I think that's a huge uh, downfall. And that's why I vow to undertake that is try to put literacy back into the community mm-hmm. and let them know that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have someone to talk to. And so the more we can do that, mm-hmm. uh, the more successful we can be as a community. But we need leaders to speak out like you are. Well, you know, we need people like you, too. Well, because <laughs> I, at Juneteenth this year, I'm doing something. And, and I like for people to look this up. 
Mm-hmm. Don't take my word for it. It's called the Chautauqua. Chautauqua. I looked that up too. You looked yeah, it up? Yeah, I did look that up. And uh, it amazed me when I first heard about it from a, a, a deceased reporter named uh, Chuck Sweeney here. Mm-hmm. Me and him were going, we were talking about doing something like that. Then he passed away a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. But a Chautauqua could give you on the mental health side, give you a chance or maybe some comrades mm-hmm. that you work with to talk to people yep. about the, the ups and the downs and yep. the things that have to be done to try to get on top of this mental illness yeah. that's in our community. So I hope at Juneteenth you could play a part. Well, in you know, I'm always willing to help you and <laughs> do whatever it, it is yeah. you want to do because I know where your heart's at. I know, mm-hmm. you know, what you're trying to do. I will say this, too, is like, you know, I try to do as much as I can to be visible uh-huh. as a as a young black man and then also as a therapist. So I try not to say black therapist, right. but I it's only saying. it's very few of us. I know. You know, I know. especially males. Right. And, and so I make sure I preference that because I want people to know that it's very few of us that does this as men, black men. Mm-hmm. I want to push other black men to get into this field because it's rewarding. Yeah. Now, it is said and it's and I, and, and it's, it's just the truth. Um, the the art of therapy and the the literature and the books that have been written through the years have been by older white men. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to do our part in starting to uh, carve our own lane out and putting literature out that affects us. Mm Because everybody's affected differently. You know, the things that a Caucasian may deal with and we deal with is different. It's different. We just deal with things differently. The poverty, the things that we deal with in our communities can cause a lot of those mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. You know, poverty, uh, just not having things, not knowing how to handle things. Parents working two and three jobs and you got your son or daughter at home alone yeah. trying to figure this out. So it's a lot of things that, that can affect us. But mm-hmm. I don't think, we, I think you said something when you said your son said uh, um, he needed the medicine. You was, first you was like, I'm against it, right, you know? Right. And that's how we are, though. We yeah, are against it because... I was definitely against right, it. Right, but you you had a reason you was against it, though. Yeah, I didn't want him to be like me. Right. But he was like me. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I never used heroin. I was cocaine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I ain't proud of it. You know, but when you're a young man, you're playing college football, mm-hmm. you know, you get in, you start playing semi-pro football, people mm-hmm. snoring cocaine. Mm-hmm. In the early, late 70s, early 80s, it w- they weren't even locking people up for it hardly, you know, to be honest, so the drug war started. Right, right. And uh, I got called up in and I didn't want my son, you know, you know, six years after that, my daughter died from it. Mm-hmm. She was bipolar. Mm-hmm. She was uh, taking the medicine and when she didn't take it properly, she went to the other stuff that she thought could help her. So I, I've lost two children to uh, drugs. Mm-hmm. And some people might be watching and say, well, what do you expect? You was a drug addict. They could say that yeah, because I was. Okay. But when they got involved with drugs, I was long gone from that. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell my kids who I was and the way I went through that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think they looked at me when I turned my life around and said, well, maybe we can do this and then we'll turn our life around. They didn't get a chance to. They didn't get a chance to. My other five children uh, are doing really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the other five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son's a manager, supervisor at Amazon at the airport. Okay. Uh, my other daughter packed a whole family of all six kids mm-hmm. and moved to uh, California. Okay. 
out of all the states. Now, she, <laughs> she was on Abbott Elementary, a TV show. I don't okay. know if you guys watched that. She uh -uh. was on Abbott Elementary a couple of weeks ago. Okay. She was the deaconess at the end of the show. <laughs> you have to see the show to understand who right. she was. But And, and then my other daughter is Alderman. Yeah. And, and my fourth daughter is, uh, she is going to have her Ph.D., going to be a nurse practitioner in December. Okay. And then the last one got attacked here in Rockford, up mm -hmm. on West State Street, that Waylow gas station. Mm -hmm. And I never will forget that. She got attacked. A guy was trying to take her wallet from her. She fought that man. And you should see all these people standing just looking at it. And, it was, and the camera went national. It made headline news. It made it all over the country showing this guy trying to take my, my daughter's purse from her inside the store, wow. and nobody helped. She, she sustained back damage, knee damage. So she's doing the best she can raising her two kids, yeah, and uh, yeah. she uh, she's still a good one. You know. So, so you so you you had two kids that pass away mm -hmm. from mental uh, illness and drug drugs, abuse. right? So mm -hmm. it's it's a comorbid uh, issue right there. You got mental health and substance abuse right. together, right? How are you able to be so strong? <laughs> <laughs> I got a great wife. <laughs> I can say that. Okay, and. Uh, I learned I learned a while back. You know, I'm not a big church goer. Okay. I, I really don't attend church like I probably should. Mm -hmm. But I really believe in the spirit of God. Okay. I asked God to help me get off my drug addiction. And he he helped me. Gotcha. I felt he helped me. Okay. Because I was convinced that when I asked him for that help, uh, I ended up stopping the cocaine. Really? So I really believe that What's what's keeping me now is that God wants me to be a person that goes on with life, mm -hmm. even though I hurt, man. Yeah. Uh, I got a picture of my son and my daughter in my car. I see them every morning in my car. Wow. I get to my office. I got a picture of them in my office downtown. Mm -hmm. And we got pictures of them on the stove in the dining room. I see them every day. Wow. I love them every day. Wow. And, uh. It just, it just, you know, death just hurts us. Mm -hmm. But it's going to happen to all of us. It is. And see, that's another thing we need to really look at. How can we help people now while we got time to help people? That was Let's my question wait. to you. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> I was going to ask you that, too. I was going <laughs> to ask you, what do you think, though? What do you think it's going to take for us uh, to help our people understand, you know? I run a program called the Wake Up Group. Okay. We have to wake up as people. History can help you wake up. Mm -hmm. That's why I do Juneteenth. But the key thing about our people, our mind is focused on like 16, 19, when supposedly the first slaves came right, here. Right, right. But look, you got to do some real research. Man, people been here way before, before 16, 19, right. and they was black folks. <laughs> I'm telling you, they call them Indians, mm -hmm. but they was black. Yeah. I'm telling you, we need to do more history research on the existence of our people. We've scattered the whole world. You see melanated people yep. all over the world. How'd they get in China? Yep. How'd they get in Russia? Yep. How'd they get in Mexico? Yep. They traveled the world, and they reprocreated all over the world. That's us, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, because I like that because that shows that we can travel the world and get along with anybody. How did you how you develop that mentality? Because uh, we you know you we got uh, people of color always saying, well, 
and this is just a phrase that uh -huh. they use. Uh -huh. We don't want the white folks, the white folks this, the white uh -huh. folks that. Yeah. You, they actually help you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff that I do, my <laughs> white friends help me. I got a lot of white friends. Yeah. And uh, all my children have married white people mm -hmm. or have had uh, biracial relationships with yeah. other white people. Yeah. Nothing against their own black people. Right. I, my mother taught me a long time ago, and I think this is good advice. Whoever you fall in love with, that's who you should marry. Okay. And that's who my kids marry. Okay. Now, Interracial things have been going on in this world forever, well, yeah, and people absolutely. try to pretend like it's something that that really don't happen, but it does. Mm -hmm. God created us different, so we to me, so we learn to live and love one another as human beings. I agree, and I, uh, that's that's where I left that at. I I, that. I, I totally get that. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to uh, ask you, I said that you know, once I get a chance to talk to you, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about do you feel that our communities have a direction do you as we you mean rockford or just let's let's just speak in terms of our, our region rockford okay yeah. do you feel that our communities have a direction there's people that want to put us on the direction there's entities that get started to say they want us to put us on the direction like transform rockford for okay. example, okay. they say 2025, we're going to be a top 25 city. Okay. It's 2022 now. It sure is. <laughs> Transform Rock, we've been around here a good while, at least 2015, I think. Right. And uh, I don't know if they're going to cram everything in the last three years, mm -hmm. but we have a chance to make Rock for the type of place other people could envy mm -hmm. if we take advantage of understanding each other, mm. you know, opening up doors. I got, I got a couple companies right now that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. All they want to do is help people like that I work with. Mm -hmm. And my mentoring group, all African American males, all of them are on probation. Mm -hmm. I got companies want to give these guys job opportunities to help them get back on. I just left a lunch with a guy that mm -hmm. works for a big company here. Right. That's all they want to do is try to help people with second chances. I work with the state's, the state's attorney's office. Okay. It's a deferred prosecution. Anytime you've been arrested for the first time and it's not a violent crime, you can go through a program and it'll disappear. These are the kind of things that could uplift our community so when people make mistakes, they can get that second chance. Other people that went to prison, they can come home and get that second chance to take care of their family. Yeah. So I think at Rockford, could be this local city mm -hmm. that really offers opportunity for other people. We could be like the type of place that people would refer to. Mm -hmm. We should be like Rockford because we got a lot of potential here that we're not using. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. I want us to reach our potential as human beings. That's why I work with those guys that I mentored to. I'm going to hit on this and just slightly. Uh, it's, it's, it has a lot to do with what you're saying. But I'm not going to stay here long, but I want to uh -huh. really hit on this. One of the things that I've noticed at in every city, every state I've ever been to, mm -hmm. that there is there is either a physical or an imaginary railroad track. Mm -hmm. And when I speak on that term, I'm speaking from when you cross the track, you know what side of town you yeah. are. Amen. And things start to change. Why is it that we're not transitioning a lot of that? Um, power or prevalence or 
or or uh, prestige over to the west side of Rockford because right now they're building stuff all on the east side. Yeah. And when I say building, I mean they're building five or six buildings in one parking lot, <laughs> and then you got twenty acres of land on the west side that's sitting vacant. Yeah. So what's What's that about? Well, I tell you, it's it's because our mentality as African-American people, we think mm -hmm. they should be over here building on our side of town Ooh. instead of us being Bit, over, I like that. over yeah, yeah, building on our side of town. Right. Now, I came up with this idea, and I'm going to spring it on you today. Because <laughs> if this podcast you goes, spring it if, on me? if it goes yeah. viral, I'm going to need some help. You're going to need some help. <laughs> Okay, we got to be careful to see but, what this on it. Go this, ahead. This, you can edit it out. No, we ain't going to edit it out. <laughs> but I came up with this idea. I call it a 10, 10, 10 plan. Okay. I take a 1,000 of my dollars. Mm -hmm. I put them in my name and just say, I say Rock Valley Credit Union because they, they really said they would do this for me. Okay. I put my $1,000 in there, and then I go get nine more people to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They got money. If you're working anywhere, you got money. Okay. You got in a 401k somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you got to borrow, borrow a and put it in your own name. Now, that's 10 people. Okay. But my 10 people got to go out and do the same thing that I just did. Yeah. They find their 10 people. They're in their families. They're working at the hospitals. Mm -hmm. They're working for construction. They're working at Gunnite, Chrysler. Mm -hmm. Just $1,000. Put it in your name. Now, that's 100 people. You know we have 100 people that run our country. The senators. Yeah. They it's a hundred of them. Uh -huh. yeah, that's they right. lay out policy for all everything. Of yep. Everything. House of Representatives can't spend a nickel. Nope. Until the Senate say okay and the president signs it. Right. So those top people, those top hundred people to me would be like I call the Senate in a sense. Uh -huh. Or the deciders I like George Bush. Right, right, right. But then before we do anything, we send those hundred people out to get their ten people because mm -hmm. they know people I don't know. Mm -hmm. Now we got a thousand people. Somebody says, that's too many people. But we got a million dollars. And with that million dollars, we could say, as a group of African people on the west side of Rockford, mm -hmm. this is what we need here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it costs three hundred thousand mm. dollars. So everybody releases you vote on it first. Yeah. Majority rules, mm -hmm. 501 for, 499 against. But if you're in it, you still got to release your money. Right. So if it's $300,000 needed, everybody release $300. That don't hurt me that bad. That don't hurt you that bad. Mm -hmm. But that gives us united power to do the things we need to do. Mm. And that $1 million could turn into $10 million. You know why? African-American people spend money. Yep. All over the United States. We just don't spend it on ourselves. So we need to start nothing against other ethnic groups because all other ethnic groups do what I'm talking about. Gotcha. They all pull their resources together. Not everyone, but they know how to put it together to make their communities better and then create jobs for their young people. That's what I think we could do with my 10-10-10 plan is we could start small, uh -huh. create jobs for people, put people to work, have things in our community so our kids can start enjoying life. Yeah. When I grew up on that west side, we used to go to the park and play all day long. You don't even see kids in the park. No, no way. But with this kind of money, we could hire security people mm -hmm. to be down at the park to watch our kids. Now, those guys making money, and our kids are safe. Now, I, I, I can really get with something like that. But here's I'm gonna push back because I push. want because mm -hmm. I, I I want you to kind of expound a little bit more because mm -hmm. I think people 
we have this idea. Now, we just talked about Emancipation Proclamation. We right. talked about Juneteenth. Right. So it's been about, let's see, do the math, about 156 years, right, mm-hmm. of being, having this mindset of slavery. Right, right. And then to the trauma of it, right. uh, the trauma of not having, the trauma of when you get, you keep, and you hold yeah. close to you. That's our mentality. And, and, and now we got someone like you come in and say, okay, I got the wisdom to get us out of this if we can all come together. Yeah. We're not in that mindset to do that, though, because yeah. we've been traumatized so much to think that you need to hold on to this. But my thing is, how long is our trauma going to last? I, there you that's, go. That's, that's, the that's why, right. You see, you know, it's 2022. <laughs> our community is going down the tubes. We got to figure out something to compete with the other ethnic groups. I agree. You know, I mean, we have a lot of potential, but we keep expecting Mr. Charlie to fix everything for us. <laughs> and Mr. Charlie, he ain't thinking he about us. Mr. Charlie thinking about his own kids, yeah. his own neighborhood, and rightfully so. And if we don't think about our own kids, now I ain't gonna lie, I don't live on the West Side no more, mm-hmm. but I do a lot of things to help oh, people yep. that do live on the West right. Side. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, too, that's uh, uh, I think that's great to say, hey, I don't live over there no more, but I still go and that's give right. back to there. And I think you, you don't necessarily have to still live there, you don't. You, but you know where you come from uh, and you exactly give right. back where you come from. That's exactly I, I truly right. believe that because I don't live there either. Mm-hmm. So I go in and try to give back. But how hard has it been to sell that? To sell the 10 10 yeah. play? Oh, <laughs> My brother dogged me out just the other night. I'm mad at him still. But see, we don't believe. See, you heard of Kwanzaa, right? Yep. Um, the one principle in Kwanzaa is called Ujima. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Ujima. Mm-hmm. And that means unity in the community. Yeah. Us coming together. Yeah. If we don't see that, we have to have skin in the game to get things we want. We And we go to other ethnic groups and say, I think we should have this. I think we should have that. And they just look at us and say, okay. But we never get it. But if we say, I think we should have this, Mm -hmm. and we're going to put our money behind it, Mm -hmm. that makes us know we will have it. There's so many things we could offer our kids on this west side of Rockford. Mm -hmm. And then pay security to make sure that the good kids have fun and the rotten kids go to juvenile Mm -hmm. until they decide they want to act like decent kids again. Mm -hmm. I, I can't play along with this thing that... You know, we've been uh, brutalized with slavery. You know, I ain't been no slave. Mm-hmm. But my mind takes me back to where my ancestors were slaves. Yeah. And all they wanted for us was to live in peace mm-hmm. and harmony with our family members and with other people. And we're not doing that. When a kid can't go to the mall mm-hmm. and get in an argument with somebody, and when he walk outside the mall, that whoever he argued with got to shoot him dead. Yeah. That's reality. Yeah. And that boy is still dead. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. And and you know, as the as the person you are working in the industry you're working in, yeah. it's it's got to be some mental illness in there yep. where a person thinks that he can do that. I don't care mm-hmm. how tough and bad he is. That is sick mm-hmm. to shoot somebody mm-hmm. because you got in a verbal argument with him. And so I think a lot of that mental illness is, is hurting us. Mm-hmm. But I think things like the 10 10 10 plan mm-hmm. can help our people have some things in our area mm-hmm. gas stations, restaurants, things like that that used to be there when I moved there. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was up and down West State Street. Yeah. They had three major grocery stores on West State Street between Avon and uh, Johnson Street. Yeah. 
three of them. We don't have nothing like that nope. now. Nope. I remember the uh, the um, record store ubiquities. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I used to love as a kid going in that record store and looking, but that no more. But I one of the things that um, I feel I, I feel like our communities are plagued by social media. Mm -hmm. and, and I use social media for the podcast because this is the way to get the word out. Right. But I think there's a misuse of social media. And I think it's a, a huge wall up for us. And mm -hmm. I think it causes uh, the struggle with literacy mm -hmm. because we can't understand or fathom put it doing a 10, 10, 10 plan, uh -huh. but we can go and we can go spend a hundred dollars <laughs> on shoes, oh, yeah. uh, $200 on our outfit. Mm -hmm. And then we can get on social media and flash a whole bunch of money show, as, yeah. yeah. And, and so that's the, that's the thing now. That's our mentality. Exactly. Right? So that wall, we got, how do we break that wall when, when, down? The, that wall will break down when the people that have that wall up, know that that wall has come just like the berlin wall over there yeah. just like that when reagan said uh gorbachev tear down this wall. wall right when our people start really noticing that our potential is so vast so great they're going to tear down these things that's getting in the way our education mm -hmm. you know you tell the people y'all can't read we're going to lock you up if you teach them to read now our kids running from school yeah. so they don't have to read yeah you know, yeah. that's crazy based on what our ancestors went through. Mm -hmm. So I think when, when people learn more history, especially mm -hmm. our people, mm -hmm. we'll be able to come together and say, look, that thousand dollars you're talking about, yeah. I got my name, it's in my account. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna release it until we have a vote. And if we win, that's good. Mm -hmm. And if I lose the vote, you still got my money. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of dedication we're gonna have to have. Because we could build so many things and put things in our own community to help our kids not want to kill each other yeah to know that if a bad kid is over there let him stay over there yeah. we got juvenile places we got jails for him but don't penalize all the kids because one knucklehead shot a gun yeah and you know that's what we that's, do we do we shut it down for everybody else yep and then what we do i i, I say this and I, I know we run short on time but when i first started doing my tv show years ago 32 years mm -hmm. ago my cousin got murdered he got in a fist fight with a guy he beat the boy up good mm -hmm. and went home thought everything was over and the people kept egging him on egging him on you ain't gonna let him do you like he marches down to my brother's house my cousin's house and he think they gonna have another fight he ready to go out and as soon as he get outside that boy pulled a gun out on him and shot him dead right in front of his mama mm. in the front door uh, so i had his mother on my tv show and then when I used to teach school, I had this boy that, a uh, little young kid named Demetrius Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Good looking young man. Had a big party at his brother's house or something, the parents' house maybe. Stepped on somebody's foot, got in an argument, take it outside, and the man that got his foot stepped on, oh, my shoes, shot and killed Demetrius. That was the start of a lot of this black on black killing that I saw 30 some years ago. And I had both of them women on my TV show. And I'm going to tell you, you know, losing two kids myself, yeah. I can only imagine. You know, my kids did what they did in a sense to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Nobody forced them to do right. that. They did. But these two kids were murdered by somebody. And 
It's that type of mentality that's in our community. Mm-hmm. A lot of it goes back to slave times, how we were envious of each other, yep. jealous of each other, hateful of each other. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to keep us like that because they knew if them brothers is unified and them sisters is unified, how is we going to control them? Yeah. And they have controlled our minds for a very long time. We had to take our own minds back and control ourselves. We can do it. Yeah, I'm convinced. I, you know what? That's my that's my daily prayer is that mm-hmm. we do stuff. We can do that. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, when I was young, I fought this young uh, young man every day of the week, every single day <laughs> of the week, and we more, didn't huh? think about no right. Yeah. We didn't think about no gun, no knives. Yeah. yeah. And do you know I seen that that fella uh, a month ago? <laughs> And we shook hands. <laughs> yeah, like we had been friends, but but that's how it was it back was. then. Well, let me tell you about my tormentor. <laughs> my tormentor, I won't say his name, but I'll say his initials. Okay. R8. He know who he is. <laughs> he used to thread me every day, and I tried to avoid the fight, avoid the fight. So we at Henry at the park one uh-huh. day, and we see about 15 boys coming from the West End of Rockford. <laughs> I said, oh, no. <laughs> Here come R H. Okay. And he coming straight for me. Uh-huh. And I said, I can't run. I am not gonna run. I'm gonna fight this boy today. Man, I'm fighting him. Uh-huh. I'm telling myself, I'm getting him. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I get a little tired. And he's a veteran fighter. Yeah. He flipped me over and worked me over good. <laughs> and so it was like a draw. Yeah. I got him the first half. He mm. got me the second half. That joker never mess with me again. See? You know. It's it's just our self hatred is what's killing us now. That's 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 why I say that uh, when we speak of mental illness, we have a different. The symptoms are different for us. Yeah, it, they're so different, and I think that what we don't um, we don't uh, um, highlight enough is that we're some of us are searching for power and control. Yeah, and it takes a real. Uh, I don't like to use these terms, but twisted mind to pull a trigger. I've been in the army, oh, so okay, I so okay. I know what it's like oh, to pull okay. a trigger. I've never shot a real gun I, I in know, my life. <laughs> I know what it's like to pull the trigger, mm. but to pull a trigger, point blank, and take another person's life, you got to know that that person, you you're not there. You you're not in your right mind yeah. to do that. I agree, but I, I'll say this: what well, the big part of it is, I think is that we have so many guns. We have so much access Test to weapons. Gun. Yep. And, and what happens is, you, know, you just say this guy over here, his name is Joe. Joe's scared to go down the street because Willie might have a gun, and Willie already threatened him once. So yeah. Joe said, I can't go down the street till I got my gun. Right. Then when I see Willie, I'm going to let Willie know that he can't shoot me. Yeah. And what happens, you got a lot of people walking around with guns. Illegal they are. But they're doing it because they're scared of the next guy. They tell me that. Really? Now, I'm scared of the next guy, too. Yeah. But I ain't got no gun. Right. So if that next guy want to shoot me, he, I'm dead. Gotcha. I just want an environment that we're not trying to kill each other. Yeah. Love is the most important thing we had to offer one another. And we're not doing very good at that. I don't think that you can do or be angry enough to take another person's life. Now, I mm-hmm. say that in the same vein as a protector too mm-hmm. of my family. Right. I, I believe I will be able to do that. But aside from that, I don't think that we 
have the capacity to understand the ramification for pulling the trigger point blank and taking another person's life. Let me say this to you. I went to court one day. My daughter was in court before she passed. And my wife pointed out this white boy that had picked my son up, him and his brother, the night that my son never came home. Mm -hmm. My wife said that night, she said, he's not coming home. We were so upset. So I didn't know who this guy was, and I saw him in court, and he looked at me and turned his head away. My wife said, that's him. Mm -hmm. And all I did was him. I said, mm. come here. Because, you know, all the judges knew me. Yeah. He knew me because the judges was, how you doing, Mr. Meeks, in open court. Right. So he knew I was somebody. He didn't know yeah. just who I was. Right. He came right at that direction. He came, and he set me outside. I got him out in that hallway. I said, you was the last person to see my son alive. Tell me what happened. Mm. And he started crying. He told me everything that happened. He told me the truth. There's some things that happened with my own family members yeah. that did not help my son when they could have. He told me that. That hurt me. I don't argue with them. I don't say nothing. But they know. They know. See, it's that type of behavior. Your own family member, you turn them away when they come to you for help. Yeah. And we do that to each other. I blame. I blame the uh, people that are around us, mm -hmm. uh, family, friends that see us struggle, see us go through our hardships. I, bl I blame them just as much as I blame the person that does whatever they do. Mm -hmm. Because if you see someone struggling the way you do, what they do, you can say something. You can try to help. Now, I do know sometimes people w don't want to help. Mm -hmm. But to sit idly by and see them in the state that they're in and say absolutely nothing, yeah, I think that's a huge problem. Well, you know, apathy, I wrote a paper on that in college. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of apathy going on in this world today. That's why people just, they don't want to get involved, you know, because they're scared. You know, when you can go somewhere and step on somebody's foot or say something to somebody that they don't like, for these people to think that they could just kill you for that, yeah, that's... That's just, it's just too much. It's too much. Well, Mr. Meeks, you know you and I can talk about this <laughs> stuff for, forever, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we get ready to get up out of here, I uh -huh. usually, at the end of the show, always ask for advice from the, uh, from the guests. Okay. If you could give advice to one young man, one, you know, one young lady, or even just a family, mm -hmm. whoever, mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you be giving them right Study now? Study your history. With YouTube out there, mm -hmm. with technology the way it is, there's nothing hidden from us anymore. Mm -hmm. The truth is coming out. You got so many people that have been passing as white, that's mm -hmm. black. <laughs> there's proof, documentation they had black grandparents and mm -hmm. all that. All I'm saying is there's so much information out there now is get that information, try to learn, and more importantly, show respect to your fellow human beings. That's how we eliminate a lot of this stuff, just by showing some just basic mm -hmm. respect to another person. And uh, that's, that's going to help us. But most importantly, all people need to learn what Juneteenth did. Gotcha. Juneteenth set free legally yep. a people that have been held bondage in this great country yep. 
for at that time two hundred and forty six yep. years. Right. Then they give us almost another hundred years of total discrimination. Yeah. People need to know all of that. White, black, Hispanics. Yeah. All of them. Study your history and know the truth. Yeah. And like they say, the truth shall set you free. <laughs> I like that. I, I I appreciate that. I think if we all just, you know, really start to uh, focus on um, history as a whole, mm-hmm. not omitting anything, make sure that if you're going to teach one thing about history, teach it all. Teach it all. Don't, I mean, it's, it's, some of it is a disgrace. Yeah. It, is. it is. But at the same time, let us be the judge of that. Let us deal with that. Let us sit there and process all of those feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. But that all of, we got the history there. So, yeah. you know, I don't want us to just be selective and what my wife like to call cherry pickers. Pick mm-hmm. what we teach. You know, do this. Like you said, I wasn't taught black history in, in, in high school. Mm-hmm. I had American history, had government, but the, black history, yeah. I didn't have that. Well, if I could drop just a couple of names. Shock Matthews on YouTube. <laughs> He's, he has a doctor on there, Clyde Winters, mm-hmm. on him, with him a lot. I say go to YouTube and look up subjects, mm-hmm. and then those subjects will pop up, pop up if it's critical race theory. Yep. Pull it up. See the discussions, and then make your judgment. Absolutely. Try to learn. As, I try to learn as much as I can from other people, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to listen to them talk. Their philosophy, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Philosophy is something that's very important. They don't even hardly teach in school no more. Yeah. But how you think is so important to how you're going to live. And uh, well, I, I think that'll help a lot of people. Mr. Meeks, I thank you for coming through, man. I thank you for sitting down with me. Um, I don't usually give my advice at the end because I talk enough. But I, one of the things that I've learned is that um, people are our greatest resources. Mm-hmm. And one of my uh, fellow friends, I'm going to give a shout out to Matt Simpson. He always talk about uh, uh, people capital. He talks about mm-hmm. the capital of people. Mm-hmm. And I like that because if we invest in each other, then there's no nothing that can stop us from achieving whatever we want to achieve. Yeah. And so I think that we need to really start to come together. And I think you've said that uh, presidents today about talking about unity, right. coming together, how yeah. it works together. And then I hope a lot of people see this and you know, reach out to want to get um, into involved in that 10, 10, 10. Well, and I'm going to have it at Juneteenth this year. Okay. I'm going to have a little special area set up for people that want to know more about okay. it. Okay. And that's it. And see, Matt, I used to coach Matt in high school. I don't know if he told me yeah, that. Yeah, I know that. And uh, i never forget. And then I know we got to go. But Matt came down one day. He had to study for a test or he had to practice football. Uh-huh. I said, your teacher going to help you study? Yeah. I said, well, get up there. I don't need you out here. <laughs> and the coaches looked at me. You got these guys? I said, it's more important for them to be studying yep. than playing out here on this football field because if they ineligible, they ain't going to do me no good anyway. Yep. I had one kid ineligible for one game that year. Wow. When I would let them miss practice and go to the teacher that was willing to teach them. These are the kind of things that we can do to help people. Well, again, man, I thank you, man. I told you, got a wealth of wisdom. Uh, Before we go, I would definitely like to make an announcement that um, May 7th, uh, we're going to be having a mental health forum. 
Uh, we're going to have a few presentations. Uh, we're going to also have a panel discussion. But most importantly, uh, we're going to have a meet and greet where uh, people that believe that there's somebody in the community uh, can come out and mingle with one another, networking. Um, and one of the things that I entitled, I wanted to entitle, I titled it uh, Bridging the Gap. Because I think there is a huge gap between people and resources here in Rockford. And so I want to start to bring people together to bridge that gap to start helping other people. Because if you know something, some, somebody else don't know it. Yeah. So you need to be teaching it, giving it, uh, you know, however you need to give it to them. So I want everybody to come out May 7th at the Norloff Center okay. here in Rockford at uh, 118 North Main Street uh, in Rockford. It's going to start at 10 a.m. And so I would like for you guys to please come out and show up and uh, show up in big numbers, too. And make sure you tell a friend, invite them out, and you'll get some good information, resources as well. Because I got therapists on the panel. I have uh, ownership on the panel, founders. I have, and then just regular people on the panel. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Mr. Meeks, I'm asking that you come out, be a part of this meet and greet, because a lot of people will uh, learn a lot from you. And bring you some business cards <laughs> <laughs> well i sure have them <laughs> so i appreciate it kevin like Honestly, i always I say you know before we get out of here i always say that we all have the ability to change our circumstances only if we focus on what we can change yeah. so i just want to guys thank you guys again for joining me for another episode of mentality unchained thank you